An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring is such a refreshing time of year. Flowers are blooming and you're getting your house in order. But now is also a good time to take a second look at your wireless plan because you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash bigpick. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Let me tell you a little secret. If you want to end the day on an even better note, get yourself a sweet frozen treat from Sonic. Especially since right now at Sonic, you can get half-price shakes after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. That's creamy soft serve hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size and flavor. So save on your chocolate shake today, your strawberry shake tomorrow, and your cheesecake shake the next day. Grab Sonic half-price shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. I'm Sean Fennessy. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And this is The Big Picture, a conversation show about movie stars. More than 20 months ago, we embarked on our first ever movie star ranking. It was a widely celebrated and confirmed in the court (laughs) to be 100% accurate. A year later, we revised our list in light of the release of Dear Evan Hansen. The less said about that, the better. (laughs) Last week, we saw the streaming release of two under 35 star-led vehicles. The first, Harry Styles' My Policeman, is available on Amazon Prime. And Jennifer Lawrence's Causeway is on Apple TV+. Plus. So we're running it back. Who's up? Who's down? Who's aged out? And who's hitting the scene hard? I'm really aged out, Amanda. I'm, I'm not eligible for this list, like, by a long shot Yeah, now. Uh, It's tough. I never, I never made the cut. I feel further and further away from it every year because I am. I, I want to remind everyone that I would have been eligible for the first list where I am movie star. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. You, I guess that's true. That's right. You, you were, were not as kind about this at the time. <laughs> was when that like I you were right on the knife's edge? Yeah, of, yeah of and eligibility. I was like, "What about me?" And <laughs> no, and you know what it was? It was because you had to be under thirty-five, and I believe I was thirty-five mm. at the um, at the time of recording. So I was kind of advocating for my peers, <laughs> and you denied my peers and also me a spot on the list. Um, but I was thinking about how I think the true measure of a movie star, at least for this list, is when I Google someone's age and I'm just like, holy shit, I did not realize you were that young. Uh, And because there is something like larger than life about that's their presence or that kind of transcends their just general, you know, 23-year-oldness. Um, I don't mean to dismiss 23-year-olds either. Bobby, or however old Bobby is, Bobby, you're doing great. Uh, And we support you. Yeah. But I'm no longer 23. I am 26. That's which is good. very different than 23. Very, very different. So you were were you 23 when we started doing this exercise? Maybe 24. 
Yeah, I think I was 24 still. But I was 22 when I started producing the podcast, so... Absolute. Let that soak in. That is Fucking absolutely brain worms bonkers. for me. Yeah, that's yeah. very sad. I will say, do, doing this exercise again and kind of going through the list and be, making a long list of all the new and exciting young movie stars. And frankly, there are a lot. I, I, this feels a lot less grim than it did a couple of years ago to me. Um, it di- I did have a little bit of that feeling of like grandpa heading down to the meat market. You know, like it was a little <laughs> like, this is kind of gross that I'm doing this. Like, I, th- I want to have fun with it, but I don't want to be too objectifying or weird about this because I'm like, I'm 40. I got a kid. It's not, this is just a game we're playing. We're just having fun with this. <laughs> it was the first time I was like, is this a bad idea? Is this not what I should be doing? I, I want to remind everyone that this is a thing that we made up during the pandemic. Right, exactly. Like we just, we were in our houses, in the kitchen, in my case, just making stuff up and you and I brought our personal rigor and list-making sensibilities to it, but it was also totally made up. Yeah. And I don't think it was, like, received that way. People thought that we were being serious. Yeah. And then somehow we have become more serious about it. We we made a, another one last year that was kind of in conversation with the first one and in conversation with our level of seriousness. And then afterwards, Rachel Zegler... Um, she of West Side Story and also every upcoming Disney movie that you've ever heard of uh, tweeted it out seriously or maybe not seriously. No, I, I don't she, know. She was Rachel, like, I'm honored. If you're listening, great news. You made this year's <laughs> list and it was not just because you tweeted about it. Uh, and thank you and we wish you well and I thought you were very good in West Side Story, by the way. We did not set any bear traps for social media active stars, though. I just want to say that that is yeah, not how we... Now, no. a lot of places, when they do stuff like this, frequently will be like, well, this person's very active on IG, and they're definitely going to see this, so we're going to tag them so that, they, that, so that they retweet it or whatever. We, we did not do that. I, it is now somewhere between joke and serious. I think, like, there were a couple times when we were negotiating the list where I was like, this is wrong, and we will go to court if we don't get this right. And yeah. then there were other times where I was like, it's funny that we made this person number 13. So... You know, take it as it comes. Yes. There are moments of personal flair on Mm -hmm. this. And I also, just to pull back the curtain, the way that this gets done is that Sean and I just kind of make a list and and look at people's ages on Wikipedia. (laughs) And then over the course of a weekend, just like leave increasingly hostile Google Doc comments (laughs) to each other. And then, and it's a real like tag you're it in that like I text Sean being like okay it's your turn and then like Sean writes back like okay it's your turn I would say most of the comments are left either like uh, the 1 to 3 p.m. nap hour or after 10 p.m. So-, so once again there's a lot of knowledge and and craft and art that goes into this list and also we're just two weirdos yelling at each other in the comments of our own document so that's 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 what we bring to you here at The Big Picture. That's a good summary. Yes. Uh, uncontrolled mania uh-huh. colliding with uh, an over-articulation of stupid ideas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can we talk about just a couple of new re- these new releases here quickly? Did you get a chance to check these out? Oh, these movies? I did. Yeah. I watched both of them. Okay. Except um, you're going to have to tell me how one ends. Or maybe you won't. Okay. Um, I don't think I should tell anybody how any, any of these movies end. Okay. But they should watch them. Okay, so let's talk about Causeway first. Causeway mm-hmm. is a movie that on the in on the big picture, we've actually been talking about quite a bit because it was selected in an auction some time ago, formerly known as Red, White, and Water. Uh, it's directed by Lila Nugabauer, who is a quite celebrated uh, Broadway director. This is her first feature film. It's an A24 movie, and it stars Jennifer Lawrence. It's her first movie in a, in a while. Um, she hadn't taken on a lot of parts recently, and she's been going through a kind of, 
I guess, a revival or, or a revisiting of what her stardom means. There's a big feature about her in the New York Times. A reset. A reset. That's a, right. A self-imposed reset, yes. I would say. Um, I think it's fair to say that her career got a little, as she put it, out of her grasp. And she's attempting to, I think, maybe focus on more character-driven parts or more meaningful roles. Uh, in this movie, she plays Lindsay, a U.S. soldier who experiences a traumatic brain injury during her tour in Afghanistan, which forces her to return home. She struggles to return to her daily life with her mother as she waits for her eventual redeployment. It's a very quiet, very uh, thoughtful, very delicate movie, very delicate performance. I thought this was the best Jennifer Lawrence has been in a movie in a long, long time. Um, and, I, you know, it's a, it is a very understated film uh, that is very reliant on her performance and her relationship to Brian Tyree Henry's character, who plays a man who's uh, lost his leg. I think they're in New Orleans is where the film is set. Correct. And uh, I liked it. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I've been historically not the biggest Jennifer Lawrence fan. I think she's a little over-reliant as a performer on her kind of like natural wild horse charisma and not <laughs> as like doesn't work as hard as an actor. And this felt like the opposite in a way. This felt like a very, very considered piece of acting. And I was, I was, Pleasantly surprised. What did you think? I'm glad to hear you say that because she's fantastic. Yeah. She's really good. And my experience of watching this film, just 15 minutes in, watching her really grounded, subtle, natural, but still um, charismatic mm -hmm. and just holding the frame. And I, I just said out loud to my husband, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. She's amazing. She's so good at this. Brian Tyree Henry is also wonderful and one of my favorite actors of his generation. And so to watch them be together for it's a 90 minute film mm -hmm. as you said it's quiet but i like spending time with those two people and it is primarily about their performances but their performances are very good yeah so, there's not like a whole lot more to say about it yeah. i think if you like them and like being with them you will probably like this movie i think it's it's quite thoughtful about um what it means to effectively like about PTSD, mm -hmm. about bo both like the very physical aspects of that and the psychological aspects of that. There have been a lot of films about this subject matter in the past, very rarely with female protagonists. Um, and I I just, I hope she leans into this and kind of like continues to develop as a performer because I think you're right. Like there's no question about it. She's one of the very, very, very few people on earth who can hold the middle of a movie together. So I would recommend it. I, I liked it. My Policeman. This is the other movie that we're talking about. This stars Harry Styles. It's directed by Michael Grandage. Uh, it's based on the novel My Policeman by Bethan Roberts. And um, it also stars Emma Corrin and Gina McKee, Linus Roach, David Dawson, and Rupert Everett. Um, it's a sort of modern day slash flashback film. It has sort of a parallel structure. It's about two young men, a policeman and a museum curator who meet and form a friendship and then eventually a love affair. Happening simultaneous to that, the policeman, played by Harry Styles, falls in love with a school teacher. And so it becomes this kind of love triangle, kind of story of repression and, um, and gay love in the 1960s. And I'll say this for it. Harry Styles, was, I thought, was much better in this movie than Correct. he was in Don't Worry, Darling. I thought he was pretty good, actually. And I think the film itself, you know, when, when um, Adam Naiman came on to talk after Toronto, he pointed out that this is a movie that maybe would have been a little bit more provocative or emotionally arresting in like 1996, you know, that it, it feels like a little bit kind of dated in terms of framing this kind of story. Not that this kind of story isn't important. It just feels like a story we've seen before. Um, but I will say it, it required like a, a kind of subtlety in the acting that I never would have guessed Styles could have pulled off based on what we'd seen from him previously. So I thought it was solid. 
not terrible. This is, this is the one you didn't finish. Correct. But that's not because of the quality. I just ran out of time. I don't know. We had 35 people. I was like Googling a lot of things. It was AFI this weekend. That was that was just on me. Um, and, you know, I, I was watching it on Amazon. I thought he he was good. He was fine. I, I don't mean to sound perverted, but in terms of the text of this movie, it's important. The sex scenes were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and compelling. And he, and he was very, very good sensual. in them. Yes, exactly. Which is the, the point of the film in a lot of ways. So I was, um, but still kind of respectful. So I was impressed by that. Uh, Emma Corrin, I know primarily from um, being Princess Diana in The Crown. She doesn't get a lot to do here in at least what I saw. And I thought she was very good as Diana in The Crown. So kind of a thankless role. Uh, It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's It's fine. It's it's like a, it's it's a B, B minus. It's not a total disaster. Um, And Harry Styles' performance is not a total disaster, unlike some other films that are now available on streaming. That's right. Uh, Emma Corrin's interesting. She didn't make our list this year, although I wonder if a year from now, for example, she does. She's the star of the forthcoming Lady Chatterley's Lover adaptation. Speaking of sex scenes. Uh, That's right. Maybe she's developing an oeuvre. Um, She's very talented. Uh, I I did not watch her entire two seasons. Was she two seasons of The Crown or just one? Just one. Okay. And then the new season with Diana starts on Wednesday. And who's playing Diana in the new season? Oh, Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should watch that. Right? Yeah. Sheesh. Elizabeth Debicki didn't make our list either. Are people going to be mad about that? Well, possibly. How much of this conversation that we're about to have here should be about how mad people are going to be versus what we truly believe in our hearts? And that's a little chicken in the egg because at some point <laughs> we're making this to piss people off a little bit, right? Like, I hope you, you know. You said that, not me. I don't want to piss anybody off. I would like to provoke thought. That's such a lie. <laughs> that's that's what we're doing. Like okay. that. If you're listening to this, please know that you're being prodded. Okay. You know okay. that is part of the experience of making a list in 2022. That is what the content creators want out of you. Mm. If you want to engage, we appreciate that because that's why we're doing this. If you want to rise above and you know go outside and 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 pursue your hobbies and loved ones everyone knows that i always support that but yeah of course we're trying to piss people off a little bit bob how do you feel about um being asked to participate in this cynical exercise you feel good about it i feel great what are podcasts if not cynical exercises oh, to participate geez. in wow i'm just a desiccated <laughs> husk of creativity once upon a time i used to think i'm going to i think this all. is very creative everything. i think, think this so? is incredibly creative yeah okay. it's hard this is, 35 is a really long list. There's a reason that it's always yeah. like top 11 or like but top 14. This is why I ran 14. out of time. It was, it was a lot. And frankly, we have a lot of cuts and some cuts I can't even really strongly justify. But nevertheless, let's get into our list. When we first made this list uh, a couple of years ago, we talked about the idea that even in a Netflix world that stars still matter. And we were entering perhaps the most fallow period in movie-going history at the start of the pandemic. And so it felt A little more challenging, actually. This year, I found that there were more contenders than I had expected. Some of that is because some stars were able to kind of grow in a streaming universe and then vault their way into the movies. There's just more movies being released now than there was uh, two years ago, so that's a factor. And I I will say, there's like, there are a bunch of people on our list this year that are 34 years old that that will not be back next year. And there are also a bunch of people that are like 24, 25, 26 I kind of felt, I walked away feeling like the future is bright. You know, like there is actually a lot of promise. And some of that is just because of a handful of films that have been released who really centered a couple of exciting new folks or folks who were asked to become movie stars. Um, let's go through some of the the facts of this. Okay. Uh, just as a reminder, the framework that we use that is completely invented is that this is 50% what you've done so far, 25% what's next, and 25% what you could be. 
Now, is that an actual scientific equation? It's not. Frankly, this is a a, a deeply emotional exercise, and it's just based on whatever is in my heart at the time and your heart at the time. That's true. Uh, who are the biggest losers of this exercise? Who's 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 not here from last year? Miles Teller aged out. Aged out. Yeah, definitely would have would have been near the top after Absolutely. Top Gun. Yes, Cynthia Revo aged out. Yep. Michael B. Jordan aged out. Fascinating. Yeah. I would not have guessed that he's thirty six years old, but he is. Is he's thirty six and not thirty five? So yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense because he's had two birth, whatever. It doesn't matter. No, he, are we sure? Maybe he's only 35. I think he's only 35. Okay. He All has right. the same birthday as my son, which I learned when Googling his uh, birth date in order to determine his yeah. eligibility for two this. Two heroes so, of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Passing the torch. Um, okay. Also aged out, Blake Lively, Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. I don't know that either one of those would have made the cut, but I like them right. both. Um. So he did cut some yeah. critical members of the list this year. Uh, actually, I feel like we cut eight people. Did we cut eight people? I might have missed someone who we've cut. But anyway, I'm going to go through the list of the people that we've cut. This doesn't mean these people are bad. It doesn't mean they failed. It doesn't mean their careers are over. It just means that due to timing or relevance or a series of emotional decisions, they're gone. <laughs> Caitlin Deaver. Got a lot of love for her. Ticket to Paradise, holding on strong. Yeah. Only dipped like 14% at the box office. Yes. Did you see that? Yeah. If you make the movie, if you build it, the moms will come. That's right. You know? uh, they did not come, though, for Caitlin Deaver. They no. came for George Clooney exactly. and Julia Roberts. So um, as much as I like her, and I think she has a great career, she's kind of as much a TV star, I think, at this point, between yeah. Dope Sick and Unbelievable, and she's put a lot of her work there. Joey King. Now, Joey King was one of the stars of one of the more successful films of 2022, Bullet Train. But that movie stinks. Yeah. So and and respectfully, I didn't enjoy her performance in it. Yeah, she. I think she was I'm slightly misused. miscast. Yes. yes. Um. I think she's talented, but I think she was asked to do something she's not yet ready to do. Um. Anthony Ramos. We haven't seen him in a while. He hasn't done really a film since In the Heights. He's going to be the star of the forthcoming Transformers movie. Maybe he'll right. be back next year. Yeah. Who knows? What you gonna? Will you watch the Transformers movie? I think it's like the Way of the Beast. Sure. What's up in the Transformers universe? I think it, I I'm I'm dead serious when I tell you this. <laughs> I believe that this is the long-awaited collision of Beast Wars and Transformers. Beast Wars was a kind of like a rival toy. You know about this, Bob? I'm out, bro. You said the <laughs> long-awaited collision. I'm out. Long-awaited collision, immediately brain off. <laughs> uh, I, I can't say I know anything about Beast Wars. I read that in a Deadline.com story. Uh, Beanie Feldstein. Yeah. Uh, she spent 2022 on the stage. She's That's, left the stage yeah. somewhat ignominiously. Um, I don't think she even has a film lined up at the moment. Although she is filming that uh, Merrily We Go Along 10-year journey with Richard Linklater. Um, so I think that that's her only film project of note at the moment. Sorry to Beanie. Yeah. Uh, Aquafina. She has been working, but I think actually oddly being this, the, the sort of like fourth lead of Shang-Chi hurt her more than it helped her. You know, like she's done the comic supporting best pal role a couple of times now and she runs the risk of getting into like Kathy and Jimmy territory, you know, like there's a little bit of I like she's so good in the farewell. I'd love to see her take on more parts like that. I know it's not necessarily up to her to get a part like that, but um, she just hasn't been at the center of movies for a while. She's also been doing some TV. You she know. has. Um, Jodie Comer. Now, something happened here that that mm -hmm. she she left Napoleon. Ridley Scott's new film and she was replaced by someone who's on our list. Yes. And I think I contend that if she were still Of course. Is it Josephine? Who is she playing? Yes. Josephine in Napoleon she would have been pretty high. 
Correct. But she doesn't have any films planned, I don't believe. And she hasn't done made a movie this year, even though she had two movies in The Last Duel and Free Guy in 2021. So she's off the list. Controversial one. Elizabeth Olsen. Well, Sean? Uh, this is a spoiler alert for those of you who have not seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, if you have seen it, um, thank you for supporting Sam Raimi. It's unclear if Elizabeth Olsen died at the end of that film. Her character, Wanda, mm-hmm. um, Wanda Maximoff, remember that? She's a Sokovian. No, I don't remember any of that. I know that she was on the Bewitched-esque show for a while. And yeah. then and she was exploring grief. Did you see Multiverse of Madness? No, I didn't. Okay. I listened to your podcast about it, okay. but that's why I had to text you. And I, I asked you, was it, did Wanda die? Or is Wanda alive? in the MCU right now. And I asked you to please only answer yes or no, and you could not meet that request. So I I gently tried to agree to it, but here I'm going to give you more detail. At the end of Multiverse of Madness, uh, there's sort of an explosion in this cave of worship that she's been occupying. And when the explosion happens, we see a red light that indicates that her energy still exists. Is that exciting to you? No. Okay, I just put that on the T for you. A couple of people in the pipeline who we didn't include, but who I'm like, God damn, these people are right on the it's, edge. It's just, it's going to happen next year. It's going to happen. And we have this every single time where you can see the credits, but the movies just haven't been released yet. And where this list is based on what we've seen. It's more than what's to come. First person on that list is Naomi Aki. Now, in, a, in six weeks, we might feel differently about this one. Um, she's going to be playing Whitney Houston and I want to dance with somebody. Haven't really heard anything about this. I don't know anybody who's seen this movie. It comes out at the very end of this year. Um, it looks like a pretty standard biopic, but if she transforms into Whitney Houston, that will mean a lot. She's also the star of Zoe Kravitz's forthcoming directorial debut, which is called Pussy Island. I don't know if that, do you think that title is going to stick? Do you think they're going to put a movie out called Pussy Island? I'm not really sure. Um, but those are two pretty big parts. And now previous to that, she appeared in Small Axe and she was also... Uh, Jana in The Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars film. And it seemed like if that movie was not a, a, a bungled situation, they were trying to set that character up for something, like create an arc for her of some kind. I don't know if you remember her. I don't remember that character. Um, she, I just She was remember. like a rebel leader and okay. she was aligned with Boyega. And th- she had like a pretty satisfying arc in the movie, honestly. Um, and she's a, she's a very charismatic person too. So there was a part of me when we were making this, I was like, I really feel like this is a person that Hollywood has sunk its teeth into, but she doesn't quite yet have the stuff to, to communicate it. It's just because we're doing this, this in November and not at the end of December, you you're know? Right. You're right. Uh, next person. So you may recall um, earlier this year when we were watching the Academy Awards, uh, I was mocking the idea of saying that Jacob Elordi would be one of the presenters, that that was like the Academy's pitch to Gen Z to tune in. Jacob Elordi, one of the stars of Euphoria. He came out with Rachel Zegler. He did. He was about three times as tall as she was. It was very cute. And then I think that's when I learned that he was Australian, or he is Australian, as did many other people, I believe. Yet another in a long line of American passing, mm-hmm. tall, handsome men with brown hair. Yeah. Uh, shortly thereafter, he appeared in Deep Water. Yes. As Charlie Delisle, the, the hotel pia- piano player. One of the weirder parts. But here's the thing. Um, he's Nate Jacobs on Euphoria, which is one of the most popular shows on TV, if not the most popular behind House of the Dragon. Coming up, he's going to be in Saltburn, which is the new Emerald Fennell movie. And he's also going to be in Priscilla playing Elvis in the new Sofia Coppola movie, among other roles. So that mockery 
is it probably overstated? Wrong? Yeah. 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 He 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 might actually be he might actually be a big star. No, he will be. I mean, I he was in deep water for all of 12 minutes and I was like, "Oh, I get it." He grabs it. Yeah, yeah he grabs it. Um Nate is such an unlikable brutal character in Euphoria that it's fascinating that that's like his breakthrough. He's also in the Kissing Booth, which we're, we're kind of underrating. Like he's in the Kissing Booth series of films. Those are very big among a, a, an audience that is younger than us. But he didn't make the cut this year. Uh, Tusu and Beidou, who you had originally put on the list, who I, I, I said I don't think she's quite ready because this is really her only significant film role yet. But she is the younger lead of The Woman King. Um, sidebar, I'm fascinated to see if The Woman King makes Best Picture because it kind of, if it, if it wasn't, if it was a different time, if it was 1996, it would be. And yeah. I'm curious if a movie like that can, like The Last Duel is another example of that movie. Like when we saw it, we were like, oh, I don't know, a lot of movies like this tend to get nominated for Best Picture. And then it got its doors blown off and it was had no contention, no chance to contend. Woman King, it's got a lot of the pieces. And it's more crowd-pleasing, yeah, honestly, yeah, than Last Duel. Last Duel is just a real downer. Mm-hmm. I could see it happen. The marketing campaign behind it doesn't seem to have kicked off yet. The, the awards campaign. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a, it's a tricky one, but I, I, I hope it contends because it, be it would fun. be really good yeah. for the mix, you know? Because that's, a, like you said, a crowd-pleasing, like a, it's a moviegoer's movie. Yes. Um, Amanda Stenberg. I really wavered on this. Did you end up seeing Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? No. I thought she was very, very good in this. I know that movie's divisive. I liked it, I think, a lot uh, more than most people. Um, but she is the the heartbeat of the movie. And she's, I kind of, I liked her in Dear Evan Hansen, which I didn't, I didn't think her part, her character was good, but I thought she was good. The Hate You Give, she was very good in. She's been around for a long time. She's a teen actor. Um, I, I could definitely see her being someone who hold, like leads a movie every year. It doesn't seem like she's quite there. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies wasn't as big as I think A24 wanted it to be. Uh, Sydney Sweeney. It's the other half of the Euphoria thing. She has 45 movies lined up, yeah. but they aren't out yet. Yeah, object of uh, affection. Yes, here at the Ringer. Right. Um, although with some political intrigue and complexity. Oh yes, that's right. I forgot about her mom's birthday party. <laughs> Not she ideal. Was, listen, she was just trying to throw her mom a nice birthday party. Okay. Yes, she was, and she did. Uh, Mike Feist. You remember him? I do. From he was West fantastic. Story? Yeah, this is another. I'm this movie that he. It's Mike Feist, uh, Josh O'Connor, and Zendaya. Right. Challengers. Yes. Luca Guadagnino's next film. About tennis. About tennis. I I, I don't know how. Ex- Do we have confirmation that it's not tennis body horror? Is it normal tennis? Or is it Luca just getting weird? I'll read you the log line of the okay. film. The wife and coach of a famed tennis player in the middle of a losing streak signs him up for a, quote, challenger event where they discover, discover he will compete against her former lover. This might be my new perfect movie. The movie I couldn't believe, did, didn't dare to dream could be possible. August 11th, 2023. I talked to Luca wow. for the show a couple of weeks ago and he was so excited about it. He was so proud of it and excited for the world to see it. I guess they finished shooting already. August? August, 2023. Why? Not a good sign. No. I don't know. Maybe they'll move it? Are you going to watch Bones and All? Yes, because yeah. you put it on the spreadsheet. Good. So Good. I have to drive across the city in a couple weeks. It's going to be a sick pod. I can't yeah. wait. I'm okay. really excited about that. Cool. Uh, I don't really have a good reason for why we cut these next three people, but I'm just going to say their names. Okay. I don't. I actually feel kind of bad about it. And I, I feel like we fucked up, but we, I, we can go through it. Okay. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. One of the stars of Barbarian, which is one of the sneaky breakout hits of the year, who, of course, is Pennywise the Clown in the two huge it films. 
and is going to be Nosferatu more than likely in the Robert Eggers version of Nosferatu. Okay, well, that's not out yet. That's not out yet. Number two, you had the opportunity to put him on the list. Where do you want to put him? I don't know. Number three, I think I forgot to tell you that when we were walking home from trick-or-treating after Mm -hmm. you guys left, we walked down the street to my house and someone had done a, um, what's the clown's name? Pennywise. A Pennywise, like in the gutter in front of their house. Oh, amazing. It was the most terrifying thing oh, that I've ever seen. So I great. actually like shrieked and pushed <laughs> the stroller away and then Chris and Phoebe just like went over and like took pictures with it. Oh, I got to see those. Yeah, it was That's really awesome. good. That neighborhood we trick-or-treated in was fucking awesome. Yeah. That was so great. That really was my great dream. Uh, you were so happy. It, that It was like the opposite of the post-screening thing. <laughs> you hit every house for candy. You were just like smiling. It was really nice. It was very sweet. I love Halloween. I love that my daughter was dressed up. I love that neighborhood. The whole thing. Yeah. People were playing music. There was, a, there was like one of those drive up like DJ trucks and they yeah. were only playing 90s hip hop to great. celebrate Halloween. I was With like, like yeah. am I like in the middle of like a stunt? Is this like inverted punk where it was like just good for me? There were like bubbles that turned into smoke was which was so technology cool. I didn't oh, know we had it. That's incredible. That was one of the best days of my year. Yeah, it was really fun. Daisy Edgar Jones. Did you see where the crowd at? I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, so you you say that you feel bad yep. and you say that we got it wrong, but you didn't even see the damn movie. It's been on my watch Let me list tell you, all year. I have possibly never seen anyone more miscast mm. than Daisy Edgar Jones in Where the Crawdads Sink. And that doesn't mean that I think she's a bad actress mm-hmm. or that she doesn't have she's a future. She's incredible in normal people. She's wonderful in normal people. Yeah. Whatever happened there was not working. Here's the thing. Where the Crawdads Sink was a, was a hit, like a genuine hit. Yeah, that's... That is fascinating, and I would love to do like a mom's pod about it sometime Maybe when you actually see it. When we do our Movies We Missed This Year pod, I'll mm-hmm. watch it and we can talk about okay. it Okay, But do you know the backstory and and the reason it's so successful? It's 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 wild I do stuff. know there's a lot of controversy around the author, but maybe we should table that till we talk about the movie itself. Yes, fair? we will, because it's, in, it's, part it, of the it's story. fascinating. Yes. It's part of the story. Um, I had a great time seeing this film that I think is not good okay. and that I think that she is um, not good in. I, I, respectfully. Did, I did think she was very good in Fresh as well, which was okay. like a not totally successful kind of horror satire that premiered at Sundance and you can watch on Hulu right now with Sebastian Stan as well. But she's good. And that's two movies that she was in the middle of this year that were I think Fresh was considered kind of a hit for Hulu. And this movie did like $150 million at the box office. So I just want to put it out there that like I don't, there's some people on our list where I'm like, we're really hoping it happens for this person that has never led a movie before. And Daisy Edgar Jones led a hit movie. Anyway, I'm done talking. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, Margaret Qualley. I told you to find a spot for her. So I might have to bump somebody fine. off mid-conversation. That's fine. Because you know how I feel about her. I think she's taking on really interesting work right now. She's one of the only actresses on this list who I'm like, she would have crushed in the 70s. She would have been right in that, like, Shelley Duvall, Karen Black, Sissy Spacek, like tall, wiry, beautiful, like ethereal. Is she like out of it or just really smart but not paying attention to anybody? She's got like an energy that is very, very appealing and she's got good taste. So maybe we'll find a spot for Margaret. There are a lot of other people that we didn't include. I probably shouldn't, we shouldn't go through all of these right now, but maybe we'll post them online because that'll spoil it. Uh, Okay. So one by the numbers thing, we've got 11 new people on our list this year. I'm not going to share the biggest risers and fallers until the end of this conversation. Please remind me to do so. Okay. You ready to dive into the list? Yes. Okay. Do you want to do number 35? Yeah. So this is a this is a funny one. Just it's a, a free content making tip to anyone out there. When you make a list, you got to start with something funny. And yep. you're usually going from lowest to, you know, 
highest or we're doing this the right way. People who start with one should be yeah. sent, sent to the Hague. Exactly. I hate that. So we're starting with 35, but you got to grab people's attention. And historically, we've used 35 for sort of like a a, a drippy white guy, as I recall. <laughs> That's true. Who's not going to be on the list next year. So I'm pleased to announce that this year's number 35 is Harry Styles. Wow. Congratulations. 28 years old. Yeah. His CV is not the worst I've ever seen. No. But, Dunkirk, Eternals, Don't Worry Darling, My Policeman. Low-key, Don't Worry Darling was kind of a hit. Like, it did pretty well. Because of him. Yeah. And because he has a built-in fan base who uh, hopefully isn't listening to this podcast or else they're going to be mad at me. I, I have to tell you, every single clip I have seen of a Harry Styles concert looks like the most fun anyone's ever had in their life. I know people who have gone to the Harry Styles concert and had, you know, a quasi-religious experience. I absolutely get the appeal the charisma, and he clearly can get people to watch a movie, which is more than you can say for a lot of people. I He doesn't have a lot lined up anytime soon, which is probably the reason he won't be on it next year. Um, but he made it. It's tricky because he appeared in the MCU at the end, at the in the stinger of Eternals, which I, I think by many people is widely considered the worst MCU movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly didn't like it. He appears as Eros, who's also known as Star Fox, who's kind of, I don't know if an important character, but he's a, he's a, he has a character with an arc in Marvel, and they got Harry to do it, so you'd think that they would try to leverage that in the future, but he's not been announced for any other movies. So I don't even, I don't even know if he'll act again. It doesn't seem like the Don't Worry Darling thing went over super well in terms of his experience <laughs> in Hollywood. Um, that being said, that movie made $85 million worldwide, and... It probably wouldn't have if it was Shia LaBeouf in that role who was fired from that part or who chose to leave or whatever. I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, so Harry, 35. Yeah. Number 34 is Rachel Zegler, which is exactly where she was last year. Right. Which I feel like is fair. It That was intentional on my part because she has not done anything since she starred in West Side Story, which was had not been released when we made thirty the list last year. And so she was at 34 on the strength of that. West Side Story was one of my favorite movies of last year. I thought she was wonderful in it. Uh, Obviously, not as many people saw it as some of us might have liked. Um, And then she has just been filming. So she doesn't get to move up. But I think probably next year, here are the movies that she's scheduled for. Uh, She's apparently in Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which you can tell me what that's about. Your most anticipated of 2023. Yeah. What's going on there? It's the sequel to the film Shazam! Sure, and what's up with Shazam? Um, <laughs> Is that a person? He was like thing? a 13-year-old boy who hey. acquired mystical ancient powers that made him one of the most powerful beings in the world. Okay. Um, he's played by Zachary Levi. Yeah. From Chuck, the series Chuck. Uh, honest to God question, mm-hmm. is this an MCU? No, it's DC. Okay. DCEU. Okay. Can I be honest? Sure. The first Shazam movie was pretty fun. I remember I actually you had the director that. on the show because I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I thought it was actually like the right way to make a kind of like side story in these movies. It didn't feel like it was like, when's Henry Cavill going to show up in this one? You know, it was like, it was kind of standalone and it was like a sweet teen comedy. So I liked it. Okay. I I will watch this one. I don't think it will be as good as the first one, but I'll watch it. And especially if she's in it. Rachel Zegler is also going to be Snow White in Disney's live action Snow White. Yeah, that's a big deal. And then she was cast in the new Hunger Games spinoff. Yep. And I believe a central role. This is actually the subtitle for that film was actually one of the original titles I was considering for the big picture. It's The Ballad of Songbirds <laughs> and Snakes, 
So you can decide who's the songbird and who's the snake on our show. Bob, you're both. You're a songbird and a snake, bud. I'm the ballad. <laughs> okay, that's beautiful. <laughs> well done. Uh, number 33. Feel good about this one. Newly engaged. Mm-hmm. Paul Mescal. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will know him from Normal People, maybe from The Lost Daughter. We talked about After Sun, which you and I, I think, were a little bit less excited about than most people, but he's very, very good in the movie. He's wonderful. Um, and he certainly feels like someone who is right on the brink of like a massive breakthrough because he's going to be in a lot of movies in the next couple of years. Um, I'm a big fan of his. He holds the frame in that Jennifer Lawrence way in in another very like quiet film. He also has like 85 movies coming up in the next few years. I mean, his IMDb page is phenomenal. Um, But some of them include um, Benjamin Millipier, who is Natalie Portman's choreographer husband. Updated Carmen, the mm-hmm. Bizet opera. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Uh, he's in Strangers with Claire Foy and Andrew Scott. And then in a film called Faux with Saoirse Ronan. So just kind of checking the box of every up-and-coming British, uh, or not up-and-coming, but established, beloved British actor. Faux is the follow-up novel from Ian Reid, who wrote I'm Thinking of, Thinking of Ending Things. Oh. Um, and it's a very good science fiction novel. So... That could be cool, too. Um, he's also currently on uh, on the stage in London in Streetcar Named Desire, Stanley Kowalski. Oh, wow. So Paul Muscal doing big things at the moment. Uh, number 32, let's fight a little bit. No, you do it. Just do your thing. This y- is fine. You, sure you made your case. What? <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to fight on the pod? Come on. We set ourselves up. Okay. We should let the... Actually, this would be this should be a convention that we should let the listeners decide. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to put it to a vote? Yeah, I'm just pulling up the IMDb page, okay. so I'm ready to wow, go. Wow, you were ready to give up? You felt like I, I I convinced you? I was trying to let you have some moments so then <laughs> you would not complain all the time about Margaret Qualley and Daisy Edgar Jones and all your, you know. All my what? Nothing. All my wonderful actresses. <laughs> okay. Uh, you pitched uh, Adria Arjona. Yes. Who can currently be seen um, in Andor and who's been in quite a few big films over the last five years. Uh the tricky part of it is, as I suggested to you, is she's never really been at the middle of a movie. We, we still haven't seen, like, I would show up to a movie because Adria Arjona is the star of the movie. Jenna Ortega is the person who I countered with because I feel like she actually has done that now. Now, she, she plugged into the Scream franchise and is basically the new Nev Campbell in the Scream franchise. Um, and I really, really like her. She's also the star of X. She was in the Fallout. She was the star of that film. That's like her best performance, I think. And she's also she's Wednesday on the Netflix series that's like the Adams Family spinoff, which I guess is coming out like now. Um, that apparently is good. She just feels like more of a person who's been located by Hollywood. But what? What? Why Arjona? Like, what did you think of with her? Like, what made you interested in her? Because we have already identified her as like the big picture's next great hope. Here are some of the films that she has been in, though maybe not always in the leading role. Triple Frontier. Yeah, that was sick. Six Underground, yep. Sean also Fennessy. Yep. She was in Father of the Bride, which I didn't like that much, but I really enjoyed her in it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had a fine time. It's, a, um, it's not It's not it, horrible. It's not horrible. Yeah, I, I wish that it had the budget that the Nancy Myers version did, but mm. I, I liked it and I liked her. Uh, she is on Andor, which mm-hmm. we had claimed as a film. She will uh, be <laughs> yeah. in Pussy Island, yeah. yep. whether it sticks with that name. And then she's currently making Hitman, the Richard Linklater movie with Glenn Powell. Like, call your shots, man. This is, we actually had a text message exchange 
talking about how much we liked her. Just like irrespective of this list a month or so ago. I do really like her. It's just I don't know if so she I is a movie star. Don't know why we can't stick to our principles a little bit. You, it's fine. You neglected one critical role. What did I forget? She played Martine Bancroft in Morbius. Oh my! I was God. I was going to point that out too. That was very smooth. The way that <laughs> okay. Amanda just glided right. That's right. Guys, I didn't see Morbius. I think Morbius you, came out the weekend that Knox was born. You got to so. you got to watch Morbius for the movies we missed this year. Pod. No. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't no. even negotiate. Um, I think. Fine. I, as I said, I hear your point. Okay, okay. This is a next on yes, for me. She goes on the list along with Naomi Aki and a handful of other people who are excited about next year. But okay? it's just, I like it when we create a world, you know, and we have our heroes and we feel invested in people. And I just don't, I, that's fine. Sidebar. I think I, one job I think I would have been good at is a uh, trailer voice guy. The okay. inner world. Okay. Guy, I think I I think I could what really... What made you think of that? Well, because you said we create a world. Okay. And, and you I, want to be like, in a world. Yeah. Did you ever see that Lake Bell movie? In I did. In fact, I profiled Lake Bell Th- for that movie. Right. Remember that? Yeah. yeah for the cover. Uh, Lake Bell, just one of the hottest out. Okay. Like, just consistently for years. Just one of the hottest. Um, Number 31. Who is it? Lashana Lynch. This was a good call by you. Thank you. Um, This is... We had Tusun Beidou in the spot. I wanted to do Lashana Lynch for a variety of reasons. One, she jumps off the screen in The Woman King. She's playing a supporting yes. part. She's not the star of the movie, but she really, really is like, has the, you know, has like the Russell Crowe in LA Confidential part where you're yeah. like, who's that? Um, and also because she's 34 years old and she turns 35 in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so this was her last chance. And so I wanted to give her a little bit of love. Happy birthday, Lashana Lynch. Yes. She's also, you know, she's been in a bunch of movies. She's in Captain Marvel. She's in No Time to Die. She's been in the Bond franchise. Um, She's in the Matilda the Musical, which is coming to Netflix in a few weeks. And she's Miss Honey, right? And she's Miss Honey, which yeah. is, of course, a big part of Matilda, big book for you and I. I'm not sure I needed Matilda to be a musical, frankly. Um, well, I think it is a, like a huge hit musical, actually. I know. Uh, in the real world. Yeah. I don't know. Children deserve nice things. What okay. are you going to do when Alice just wants to listen to Matilda the Musical soundtrack every day? I like will the support cast her. recording. I will support I know. Her. I think will. there's that's a really strong nice. chance that Alice is a real Matilda type. There's like, yeah. that's very much in play. Uh, in addition to that, Lashana Lynch will be playing Rita Marley in Ronaldo Marcus Green's Bob Marley biopic, which is a that's obviously one of the leads of that film. And so I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's really good. And she's like another great, like really physical performer. You really buy her as a warrior in uh in Woman King. So that's a good one. Number 30, you put this one here. I was happy to see it. Who is number 30? Stephanie Sue. Yeah. Um, the not quite breakout, but a a, a big moment in everything, everywhere, all at once. For, for sure. Her. Um, she's also apparently been on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel the last few seasons. Gotta be honest, I quit that show. I haven't uh, been watching Somewhere it during the second season. Yeah. Um, she was recently cast in The Fall Guy, um, the upcoming Ryan Gosling. Huge action movie coming film. in 2024, yeah. yeah. And she's also apparently in a um, still untitled uh, comedy, like a female comedy movie directed by Adele Lim. So I, it seems like things are in the work. And she's been in the convo for supporting actress nominee for um, the Oscars. I don't know whether it'll happen. It's kind of a funky category, so it's not out of yeah, the question. But if you're in the conversation already, I think that merits a, a 30 on this list. That would be cool if um, like all of the actors, because there's a strong push for Kiwi Kwan as well to be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I think they're going to campaign the hell out of that. And then, of course, Michelle Yeoh will be nominated. 
I think the movie, it, this is paradoxical because the movie wouldn't be the hit that it is if Michelle Yeoh was not in it and didn't give the performance that she gave in it. But if it wasn't Michelle Yeoh, I think more people would have pointed to Stephanie Sue because she has a really fun part. You know, she kind of plays like the villain of the movie yes. and um, is really, really good in it for somebody that we haven't seen very often. I liked her a lot and I like this pick a lot. Number 29, your boy Joe Alwyn, who we just discussed on <laughs> Stars at Noon. Why are, you, why are you saying my boy? That's your guy. It's your guy. Is it? Yeah. It's my guy in that film as the mysterious British yeah. operator. But I think operative. you've been softening on him a bit in the in the last few well, years. I, He's yeah. been in everything. I'm not I'm just not a huge Taylor Swift fan, and so I bring some biases to this, but I see him in films and I'm like, oh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Souvenir part two, pretty pretty Yeah. Yeah. Held the screen. This is pretty conversations with friends, pretty good. Like he's pretty good. Never finished conversations with friends. But I do think he was perfect casting mm-hmm. for that very long TV show. He is next appearing um, in End, which we just learned is a film that is coming out next year. It looks like Yorgos Lanthimos is releasing two movies next year, which is fascinating. Um, they And I believe they both star Emma Stone. That's great. Um, and, and and Joe Allen is in this one. And, and Margaret Qualley, his star from Stars at Noon, is also in End. So that's 29. 28, this was a me pick. I don't even know. Have you seen any of this person's movies? I saw High Life. Okay. And I saw the new Emma. Oh, yeah. Okay. You yeah. definitely saw the new Emma. So 28 is Mia Goth, who I think would have, I never would have considered for this list like a year ago. But having seen X and Pearl now and having seen both of those movies do like pretty good business for an independent horror movie. And the fact that they have now built this trilogy, the third film in this trilogy is coming out next year that is very much centered around her. And I think she has taken on a kind of cult status as a, I don't know, scream queen is maybe not the right phrase, but you know, like a new version of that. Right. Um, and she's she's so I I just thought her and Pearl I just thought it was phenomenal I just thought that was like one of the best performances of the year I know it's not really your bag but um I really really like her a lot and her next film is Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool which will no doubt be a fucking insane violent <laughs> bloody weird movie if his previous films are anything to go by and then like I said Maxine which is all about her character from X going to Hollywood and then pursuing a career in pornography. Should be interesting. I think what, you know, X was like a 70s slasher. Pearl was like kind of like a 40s freak out horror killer movie. Maxine is going to be the 80s slasher. Should be fun. 27. So tonight, you and I go see Wakanda forever. Yeah. So we don't know anything. I have seen a trailer, but I I haven't read anything about it. So this is a spoiler free zone. Knowing almost nothing, I have to imagine that Letitia Wright is going to be a big part of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm just guessing. The final shot of the first trailer is Shuri in the Black Panther costume. Oh, it is? Gear. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know for sure, but it's a woman. Yeah. And it seems Presumably like it. it's yeah. her. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone else. It looks like her. Yeah. I, I assumed that it was her, and I know nothing. Yes. So. So I and we haven't seen it yet, so we're just speculating. Yeah, but obviously she's Sorry. been the star of Black Panther. She was in Small Axe. She was in Death on the Nile earlier this year. I never got to talk about how angry I was about that, but about the film or about her part? About the film. Well, maybe we should do that uh, on the movies we missed as well. But I don't think anyone missed anything by not talking about it, but just personally, that was you know someone who's not on this list who I really liked in that movie was Emma Mackey, the Margot Robbie lookalike. Oh, she was fantastic. She's, so She's good. from Sex Education. Yeah, I'd, I'd never watched that show. I, I hadn't either, and I definitely mid movie while Googled was like, "Who is this?" Because uh, she's really wonderful. She's really good. Yeah, um, and it just absolutely like abysmally bad. 
CGI disaster movie. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, Emma Mackey might be on the list next year because she's also going to be in Barbie. And they're literally mm-hmm. riffing on the you look like Margot Robbie thing, which okay. is so smart. Um, I'm kind of excited for Barbie. I got to be honest. I think it might I've, like be like amazing. What do you mean I'm kind of excited for well, Barbie? Like, what is that? Can you just check whatever you're carrying around there? What like, am I carrying around? Inherited sexism, whatever around. You are a girl dad, okay? And so what you <laughs> need to do is let go a lot of, finger of that pointing hedging. Going on right now. A lot of finger pointing. What do you mean? I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of of excited. course I'm fucking excited. <laughs> I Brad didn't say Curly you're kind of excited. Made a film... <laughs> With Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie? Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of other people we like that's a, you know, joke about Barbie? Jesus Christ, Sean. Ryan Gosling's last movie was The Gray Man. Well, Margot Robbie's last movie was Amsterdam. Just okay. putting that out there. Uh, Letitia Wright is number 27. Number 26, she actually moved up this year. I'm not sure if that's right, but she's she's up one spot from last year. Dakota Johnson. She's 33. Getting near the end of her ingenue era. She's been working a lot. She's in Cha-Cha Real Smooth in a very strange part. <laughs> just One of the weirder characters of 2022. I guess 2022. I said that Daisy Edgar Jones was mis- the most miscast person I've ever seen in Where the Crawdad Sing, but maybe Dakota Johnson is the most no. miscast person Cooper I've ever Rife seen. Cooper knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, I, He's like, it's time I, for me to be at the I star really, of a movie in which Dakota Johnson falls in love with me. I respect that. <laughs> I really do, just like I respect that Cooper Rife just keeps making movies about how much he loves his mom. <laughs> Just never stop. That's a that's a beautiful thing. Very relatable. But no, that didn't make sense. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, did you end up watching Persuasion? I did. I, the less we say about it, it the really better. wasn't good. It was really, really uh, offensive. <laughs> it's just Dang. Like, well, in terms of because it's trying to update the Austin stuff and sort of uh, like not even doing a clueless homage, but. It's basically what if clueless, but uh, insultingly dumb. And I have a problem with that, obviously. Did you know that the co-credited screenwriter on this movie is Ronald Bass? You know what movies Ronald Bass has written? I don't. Rain Man, mm. The Joy Luck Club, When a Man Loves a Woman, Waiting to Exhale, Dangerous Minds, My Best Friend's Wedding, Stepmom. Okay. I like all of, um, well, many of those films. This is an icon of 90s screenwriting. Um, okay. Well, this was like three kids in a trench coat trying to write a movie for teenagers about Jane Austen. It just sucked. It's not good. Uh, Dakota Johnson is going to be the star of a 2023 film called Madam Web, which is a Spider-Man universe story that also stars Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> just, just completely blanked me. Just being very, very rude to me on this I was podcast. Waiting for you. This is a collaborative to effort. At least explain who like Madam Web is. Like, what's that about? Uh, I, I can't say I'm super familiar with Madam Web, but okay. I'm, I'm happy to Once read you again, some information. You are a girl, Dad. When will you start taking that responsibility? Madam Web was a clairvoyant and precognitive mutant who first showed up to help <laughs> Spider-Man to find a kidnap victim. She was not one of the mutants that lost their power during the Decimation storyline. She was attacked by Sarah and Anna Kravinoff. I'm not going to say any more that might spoil things. <laughs> she was created in 1980 by Denny O'Neill and John Romita Jr., two of the greats in the Spider-Man storytelling history. Okay. Uh, okay. Madam Web's probably, probably going to be a big movie, and that might be part of why Sydney Sweeney's going up the list next year. Speaking of Marvel and, and Marvel storytelling, Simu Liu, the star of Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, he was 35. We've moved him up to 25. 
I think just because Shang-Chi was a hit and, he's and gonna, he held it and he's going to be in a bunch of big movies. Yeah. So he's also in Barbie. Um, he's also in Arthur the King. And I, I, in all likelihood, he's going to be one of the critical Avengers in the next five years of that storytelling. So, and he was good in that movie. You know, I, I had some issues with the, with the third act of the film, but the first two acts I thought were pretty darn good. Uh, so, yeah. I thought he was good in it. He's also just been out and about. In addition to being cast in all of these upcoming films, I just, I see him places like I, he's, He's embraced the stardom that yes. that comes with the MCU and seems relatively comfortable in it. So he wants to be famous yeah. for sure. Uh, number twenty four. Who is it? Anna Darmus. Tough year for our girl. She slipped from twelve to twenty four. Yeah, we knew this was coming. I don't, I, Did I, we? I just took on like really sad voice. Yeah, we saw it slipping away bit by bit. the The, the tough thing is that twenty twenty was supposed to be her year. It was supposed to be no time to die. And blonde and deep water, I believe. Right. And we also like had real hope for all of those films. She was in a lot of ways the best part of No Time to Die. I thought she was wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lovely time watching Deep Water. I I don't think anyone else did, but that's okay. It was a gift to me. You had a nice time. Uh, I had a blast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very silly. And I think sure. they clearly took the movie away from Adrian Line and hacked it to bits, right. but I, I I enjoyed myself. Yeah. The Gray Man was not good, as previously discussed on many episodes of this podcast, but she wasn't the worst part of it. Classic case of I have no idea why you wanted to do this. Yeah. Like, I had nothing to do that was interesting. Maybe you had one cool scene, just like a, like a complete vacuum of her talent. Yes, except I do think that No Time to Die unlocked charismatic action star as a possible path forward for her. Mm-hmm. So I can see why she maybe wanted to try it if that's the avenue that she's going down. Okay. And I, having seen Blonde, that seems more appealing to me than ever making another movie anywhere close to Blonde. I mean, yikes. I mean, really not her fault? No, not her fault. Um, But yeah, Blonde, one of our least favorite movies of the year. She does have a big film coming up next year called Ghosted, which is uh, Dexter Fletcher who directed Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's written by Warnick and Reese, who were guests on the show around Spiderhead and who have written some of the biggest movies of the last 10 years. I like those guys a lot. Chris Evans, Adrian Brody, and the Armas on an Apple film. Could be good. Action-adventure yeah. movie. Um, she's also 34, turns 35 in about five months. So this is... Say la vie. That's it. You're done, Anna. Thank you for everything <laughs> you've done. We'll see you on the 35 over 35 list. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Let me tell you a little secret. If you want to end the day on an even better note, get yourself a sweet frozen treat from Sonic. Especially since right now at Sonic, you can get half price shakes after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. That's creamy soft serve hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size and flavor. So save on your chocolate shake today, your strawberry shake tomorrow, and your cheesecake shake the next day. Grab Sonic half price shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. Number 23, Brie Larson. Brie Larson uh, has to make a movie soon. She is. She has to put a movie out. She's going to. She was 16 last year. She's 23 this year. She maybe could have been bumped down, but she's got some big ones coming up. I tried to bump her down because if I have to watch another one of those Nissan commercials, I'm going to jump out the window. I encourage her to get money. Sure. I don't yeah, want her to no, not get no money. judgment. But I, those are really lame commercials, I respectfully. I agree. I I 
enjoy watching commercials during sports because that's what holds my interest, but I don't enjoy watching those. She has two giant movies. She's like, she's just in full sellout mode next year. Yeah, the first one is The Marvels, which is, of course, the sequel to Captain Marvel, which is the biggest franchise she's ever been a part of. And then rivaling that is she is in Fast X, the somewhat complicated production that is the 10th Fast movie. Uh, Louis Leterrier has taken over for Justin Lin on that film as the director. Um, we'll see. I mean, the Fast movies like plug and play big time actresses in and out of these movies. Like, yeah. like, like a bars of soap, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be like, thank God Brie Larson was in this movie and made it so much better. For no, me. you're not because I, you like have a pretty bad attitude about those movies. You, you know, you're damn right. I do. Yeah. Cause they're not good. Just putting that out there. Uh, the last movie that Brie Larson was in was just mercy. Oh, right. That was three years ago. That was right before the pandemic, right? That was the end of the year of 2019. 2019. Yeah. That's a long ass time. Well, remember she took a break from the world from Instagram or something, just as you were also taking leave. Um, I don't remember that. I, I remember did, it because she did a whole Instagram video about like, it's time for me to step away from this place. Like with her weird, like Brie Larson pillows or whatever. She, mm-hmm. Her Instagram presence is a little confusing to me. I don't think it's intended for me. And I remember you sending it to me being like, this is how I'm going to announce like my leave from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it stayed with me. I should have done that. Yeah, you I should have. I should be doing more parody work. Yeah. Uh, number 22, Barry Keown. So, Probably the person who is best navigating the complex world of young stardom in my mind. That doesn't mean he's the best young actor. It doesn't mean he's going to be the biggest movie star. But when you look at what his work is, what his roles have been, I think he's been very, very smart at simultaneously, like, for lack of a better phrase, building a hive. There are a lot of hardcore fans of this young actor and also doing really interesting work. We just talked about him last week on the Banshees of Inisherin podcast. He's the fourth lead of that film. He's not the star of the movie, but he leaves quite an impression as Dominic in the film. He's done this in a many movies now. He, it started in The Killing of a Sacred Deer, the Lanthimos movie opposite Colin Farrell, in which he's kind of the second lead and is very upsetting and yes. kind of entrancing. He's like the fifth lead in Dunkirk, and it plays like a, you know, very a character who really sinks your heart in oh, a lot yeah. of ways. He plays a very mischievous figure in The Green Knight. He plays probably the best character in Eternals. Yeah. And he plays the Joker in Batman. Oh, that was him? Yeah. And we barely <laughs> see him and we barely hear him. And remember, you had to ask, like, who is that when you watch the movie? But that's Barry Keown. Really? Yeah. So oh. in theory, he's a part of whatever happens next with the Matt Reeves Batman movies. So he's pretty well set up to be a big movie star. Um, I don't even know how old. Barry he's Keown. 30. 30, okay. Yeah. Um, and he's also next going to be in Saltburn, the Emerald Fennell movie, which we mentioned earlier. I'm just a big fan of his. I like him a lot. He's kind of the, he's kind of the, the partner to the next person on the list to me in terms of like, I just will watch him in anything. He's trying to navigate this, like I have good taste, but also I need to be in big movies. Strategy. He's Irish. Right. Yes. But, but also, I don't feel, I'm not nervous that Barry Kuhn is going to like suddenly become you know, Madam Webb or whatever, or Monsieur Webb. Yes. Um, Monsieur Webb? Monsieur Webb. I don't, I don't <laughs> Sounds know. like a great, great um, sequel. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he is doing the larger movies, but with a lot of savviness and sort of he's on the sideline. Mm-hmm. He's just getting paid or being the best thing in a not good movie and then going to do things that are interesting to him and yep. interesting to us. And that also is a good summary of, of the next 
Do you want to talk about your... I do, but I would just want to say one more time. Bonjour, Monsieur Webb! <laughs> 21 is Jesse Buckley, who, of course, is one of my faves. Talked about her many times on the show. You know, I had a chance to talk to her on the show last year, and I got nervous, and I said I'm not available. That's a true story. I, I, I understand. Yeah. You know that I actually don't really like talking to the, to the, the, the people with the real charisma that reaches yeah. out to me. The tractor me. beam people, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm quite fond of her as an actor, and she ha- really hasn't let me down. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm more interested in the kinds of parts. Like, she's drawn to stuff that I'm drawn to, storytelling-wise, that I think maybe you don't always love, but that makes people kind of uncomfortable, which makes it more interesting for me. She has a really challenging part in Women Talking, um, and she's tenacious in that movie. Have you seen Women Talking Yes, yet? I have. Um, we had a conversation about it, but it's fine. Don't you don't have to remember that. How many she's conversations about movies can we have a week? Uh, 30? Well, 60? 90? We should, start, we should try to convert more of them into paid conversations, you know? Patreon for the pod? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Not the worst is that, idea. Is that legal? No, probably not. We're not allowed to do that. Um, we. She's very good in it. Yeah. Uh, she's been in obviously in the Lost Daughter. I'm thinking of ending things. She was one of the stars of Chernobyl. Women talking. It'll be interesting to see if she or anyone else emerges in the awards race. She was nominated for the Lost Daughter last year. If you had to guess, who, if anyone, will be nominated for that film before we talk about it in depth? Who do you think it will be? Well, I know who I want. I know who you want, but who do you... I think the contenders reasonably are Claire Foy, uh, Jesse Buckley, and Rooney Mara. I think it'll be either Buckley or Foy. In supporting. Uh, in supporting. I believe Rooney has been sacrificed to best lead actress. Yeah. She also has the least to do, or does the least. Uh, or does she? Well, we can talk about we it. We will on December 2nd. Much like the women. Um... I I would vote for Foy, but I I do I think there's a great case for Buckley. It's I mean it's a classic. They should probably both be nominated. And as you said, it's a weird year in that category, so maybe they will be. It's but you could also see them canceling each other out. I agree. That's definitely in play. Who's number twenty? Austin Butler. This is another real. Saw him in a movie in this case, Elvis, in which he played Elvis, and was like, "Oh, I get it. Like this, this guy has it, and he may well get an Oscar nomination for yeah, almost certain for Elvis. Yep. And he is also in a film called Dune Part Two. Yes, he is. So that's twenty. Seems low. He's one of the ones where I started him a lot higher, and then I just kind of had to keep putting other people in, and so he slipped down to twenty. But I think next year he'll he'll be higher. He plays Fade Routha. Are you familiar with that of character? Course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who played Fade Routha in David Lynch's Dune? No. Sting. Oh, sick. Um, he's kind of sort of the villain cool. of the film. He's right. Baron Harkonnen's nephew. Cool. Uh, I remember who that is as well, so. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård. He was like the blob. Oh, sure. Figure. Oh, I, I hope Austin Butler's not a blob. Uh, I don't believe he will be. Okay. I think that he would be beautiful and strapping. Yeah. Uh, I like Austin Butler. I, I didn't like Elvis. He's very good as Tex in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. He just has it. Yeah. And, I, and I said this when we talked about Elvis. He has also been a, a tabloid fixture for a while. He um, has been attached to many young, notable actresses. Who is he attached to right now? Kaya Gerber, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, Sick. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one of, and I believe that Kaya Gerber previously dated Jacob Elordi. So it was one of these things where <laughs> Got I... Got a type. Yes. And I kind of would look at us weekly and be like, you know what? This is just not my generation and mm-hmm. I hope all these people are emotionally healthy and I'm just going to move on and not really learn their names. 
But now I see what Kaya Gerber has going. And I, I respect it in both cases. Okay. Good for her. Good for them. Yeah. Number 19 is Saoirse Ronan. I feel yeah. like she's slipping. I feel like well, she's been she's slipping not, down the list yeah, over the she years. she just hasn't been doing as much. She has done some stuff, but she's not been Lady Bird, Brooklyn, Saoirse Ronan, where she's like, I'm the movie. Right. The movie is about me. About me in the center of the movie. You know, she's 28 now. She's had four Oscar nominations. Her, she was in... See how they run this year, which I think we both thought was like a slightly less successful than we wanted it to be, kind of soft parody of Agatha Christie stories. She was wonderful in the French Dispatch, but was in about 20 minutes of it. I mean, that's the thing. And she does have Faux coming up, which we previously mentioned with Paul Mescal, uh, which could be good. Yeah. Could be an exciting sci-fi story. I mean, let's remember, she's 28 years old and has already been nominated for an Oscar four times. Yeah. So... Some of this feels a little bit like Saoirse Ronan wanted to take a little time mm-hmm. to just be a person, which I think is great for her as a person and also great for your acting. So it, she'll be fine. Okay. Number 18, we wanted to clear out a WAG spot. WAGs could claim any person on the list to tout. Who you got at 18 here, Bob? I chose Kiki Palmer, who I was kind of surprised that I chose. I was I was scrolling through the list last night. Um, she's had a really weird career arc you know she yes. was at, for for people of the the 20 somethings generation she was true jackson vp which was a nickelodeon show which was not very good like not <laughs> one of my preferred nickelodeon shows at the time as i was growing up and then she kind of disappeared for a long time you know she made a lot of music videos whether those were her own music videos or featuring in music videos for other people that she was friends with but you know seeing her in hustlers i love but she had more of kind of like a bit part in that film like she wasn't really at the star of any of the scenes there, but she was contributing in an interesting way. And then Jordan Peele putting her in the center of Nope obviously thrust her into this conversation in a completely different way. And she's tremendous, you know. I I think in the formula that you guys have laid out where it's 50% what you've done and 25% what you're about to do or what you have recently done, like she's relying on that 25% maybe a little bit because the 50% CV isn't that long necessarily. But you know, in thinking about Kiki Palmer, I remembered a conversation that they had on Tea Time, you know, finger on the pulse there on, on what makes young stars. And they pointed out something which I thought was really interesting, which was that she was hosting the red carpet for the VMAs in 2021. And all of the other stars really loved her. Like multiple stars mm. just ignored her questions and were like, I love you. I'm such a fan. I think Chalamet was one of those. I think Frank Ocean was one of those people that they cited specifically. And I, I think that that's a star making quality for her. Not to mention the fact that in Nope, I think she really proved how tremendous she can be if a filmmaker understands her charisma yes, and her charm offensive and her sense of humor. Like she's the sweetness to Kaluuya's saltiness in that movie in a way that makes a delicious film that I love. And that, you know, she worked with one she worked successfully with one of the biggest filmmakers in the world. Yeah. I think, yeah, the movie. I'm not sure if that movie works without her. It absolutely doesn't. Um, and I agree with you. I think actually the thing that you cited, Bob that she was a Disney star, which you can you could kind of feel in previous performances that maybe worked against her a little bit. It's a little hard for actors of those of that generation to shake off some of that stuff, but it helps her because it creates an awareness that some of her peers don't have. Like, there's not a generational... Like, you and I don't know her from that stuff because no. we're, it's just a little bit bef- uh, after our time. But, you know, the... I, uh, I don't, I'm sorry to this man. Meme. I, I mean, I was you know, just waiting to say sorry that, to this man. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's it's instant. She's, she's knowable forever because of that as a person. And and then it helps obviously that as a performer, she's so charismatic. I'm excited for her. It, the one tricky thing that happened is, is that she's the star of the new Aziz Ansari movie, which I don't know if it's ever going to come out. Right. Being mortal, which had this complicated circumstance with Bill Murray, where there was an accusation of improper conduct 
And then I actually don't know where that movie stands at the moment, if we'll ever see it. Um, there was speculation that she was somehow involved and then she was not involved in the incident, so on and so forth. But that's the only thing that she has lined up at the moment, as far as I can tell. So it's a little hard to speculate where she's going. I think if you saw Nope, you'd be like, put this person in more good movies, for Christ's sake. I think like, people yeah. will. Yeah. Um, she also was the voice of the young girl in Lightyear. Uh, oh, right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, did you see Lightyear? I did not. No. Okay. Did I tell you about my Lightyear experience with the kids on vacation? No. I don't know if I talked about this on the show at all. Um, it might have been right before you came back. Uh, I went on vacation this summer in North Carolina with my family. As a kid growing up, we used to do this where like 20 of us would all rent a big house in North Carolina and stay there for a week, go to the beach. So we did this as kind of like a revival reminder of something we used to do. But now all of us, all me and all my cousins are all grown up and we all have kids. And this house had a movie theater in it. It had a screening room. And four out of the seven nights that we stayed there, the kids wanted to watch Lightyear. Really? <laughs> yeah. And they sat in the screening room. Who was leading the... Was there one child leading the charge? Well, I don't want to... I, I it's fine. Tyler, yeah. my nephew, yeah. um, who was the eldest, I think Tyler's five now, was like really gung-ho. Jack, my nephew, also. Sure. Also a big Buzz and, and Woody guy. Huge yeah. Toy Story guy. But like... All the, the boys and the girls were like, Lightyear is the, is the shit. Now, granted, it had only come out a few months earlier and it had just hit Disney Plus that week. So it was fresh and it was new. Right. Moana also huge in the house mm -hmm. on like nonstop. Um, Frozen 2 yeah. on the house nonstop, which I hate. I hate Frozen it's 2. It's awful. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting to watch them in the wild and, and see how, you know, I really did not like Lightyear. I don't think you did either. No. Um, but kids, are, kids clicked with it. And they clicked with Kiki Palmer's character and Socks, the robot cat. I did like Socks, Socks the robot. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Good sense of humor. Let's go to 17. So I'm just going to put this out there. It's Dev Patel. He was 12 last year. Um, he dropped, he slipped a few spots, but I think he's going to have a really big 2023 for a couple of reasons. One, he wrote and directed his first movie that he's starring in called Monkey Man. And he's also one of the stars of The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, which is another adaptation of a Roald Dahl book that I read as a kid, written and directed by Wes Anderson. I also think that there's a really, really, really strong chance that he's going to be Bond. I'm basing you, this on nothing. Okay, I, it's a it's a good call. Now there's they should do it. They're stupid, so they won't, but they should. I think it could happen. I think they know they need to make a splash and go a little bit younger than they went with Craig when Craig came in, and they need somebody who's a little bit, for lack of a better word, nicer. Yeah, they need less, slightly less dirtbag. Yes, uh, but let me just say my only other counter to my own stupid idea that is a fake prediction is that Harry Lottie who is one of the stars of Industry. Do you know him? He's like the tall, wiry, blonde guy who's kind of insecure, um, who is in love with um, Marissa, Abella, Marissa Abella's character. That guy is the most Bond I've ever seen. Okay. That guy, I'm like, that is... Jane. And I don't mean like he's cool and suave. I'm like, he is contemporary 2022 Bond. He's like been to therapy oh, and has a kind of a sense of humor. But if he needs to wear a tuxedo and hold a gun, he would crush and so if it isn't Dev, I feel like they might end up going with Harry Lottie because he just, he, and he has the, the greatest Bond voice you've ever heard. Um, Industry, one of my favorite shows. I love that show. I really want to have Mickey and Conrad on this podcast because they are so smart about movies. They talked with Chris and Andy about the movies that inspired their TV show. And I was like, this is love. Like these guys, just they have great taste. <laughs> I was trying to work Mahala Harold into this in one way or another, she, but yeah. she just hasn't, she hasn't been done enough, enough stuff. I she's know, she, so good though. I mean, she did bodies, 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 but of course that's not enough to really drive you onto the 35 under 35. But she's like yeah, tremendously and she, interior and like, yes. I don't know. She's great. She is really great. Um, she she is one of the stars of Sam Esmail's uh, forthcoming film, which we will talk to him about soon on this show. Uh, I, 
I strongly encourage you to to restart industry. Strongly. Okay. I really, I think I know, it's very special. I know. I, know. Um, I just, I, you know, I have to catch up. I know. I know. Um, There's a lot going on. Anyway, that was my side tangent on Dev Patel and Harry Lottie and, and okay. Mahela Harold. Uh, any, any, any thoughts on Dev? I'm a big fan. Yeah, he's good. Just very, very handsome also. He is. He's a very good actor and he's yeah. darn good looking. 16. This will be her final year on the list. One of our favorites. Yeah, but not her final year as a movie star. Vanessa Kirby. Like, here it comes. We, we had a little bit of a break. She's going to be back next year in another Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2. That's right. She uh, is apparently in The Sun, which is this year's The Wife, so I still have not seen it. And as previously mentioned, she is replacing Jodie Comer as Josephine in Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Yes, is what I have to say to that. She's ready. She's ready to make the breakthrough. Yeah. This is this is a big time for her. Uh, she was also Academy Award nominated in 2021 for right. Pieces of a Woman. So everybody likes her. She's how could you? She's not? got it all. Yeah. Fifteen. Your guy. Our guy. Our Why? guy. Glenn Powell. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Of like calling your shots. Well, I'm early to get, on. Yeah, yeah. As a as a podcast, yeah. we have been Glenn Powell fans forever, and now the rest of the world is, and it feels great. Yeah, unfortunately for him, this is his last year on this list because he's also 34 years old like Vanessa Kirby. But you know what? He did it. One thing I've learned in my years is that aging is okay. Oh, Uh, have you learned that? I can't say I have. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot agree with you. I'm enjoying it so far. (laughs) I haven't caught up with you yet, so maybe I'll feel I'm the last one standing. Let me give you a quick thought on that. Uh, I have felt 40 years old for about 25 consecutive years. But now that I am 40, I'm like, oh, okay, now we're on the down part of the roller coaster. Right. Like, this is bad. So you felt spiritually 40. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you what do you think like your spiritual age is? Uh I don't know what it's going to be now. I'm like I'm strongly considering like tweed vests going forward. Okay. You know just like lean into 63. Okay. Cuz I I I can't adequately even represent like cool dad. Like I'm I'm not I'm losing all all, all emotional relevance. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm fading away. Okay. Into my child's life, into this podcast, into a handful of other things. Okay. You know, I've, I've lost myself. I have noticed that sense of anxiety in you yeah. the last few It's really fascinating. That's usually something that's associated with like becoming a mom. No mm-hmm, offense. Mm-hmm. Then you're just like trying to claim it away from all of us. No, but, my wife can have it too. <laughs> but the good news is I don't feel that way at all. I can I'm tell. I'm thriving. I'm happy for I'm you. I'm really tired, but I'm thriving. You can call me on the day you turn 40. Um, Sean, I think you should get into like a new hobby, you know, like so, something that has nothing to do with pop culture. Like you should like start flying planes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think that you of all people should fly planes. Why? I think I'm a very good driver. That was no, just in my head because we're on Glenn Powell. Kill all your loved ones. I've, I, I, it doesn't I have haven't. to be planes. It doesn't. Yeah. It could be anything. It could be trains. You know, it could be I like you could, you could get really into like I don't know croquet or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, Bobby, don't encourage him anything like competitive, competitive or death defying, because then the psycho part of Sean how about comes crochet out. then instead? Oh yeah, that would be nice, something gentle and soothing. Moving on, okay. uh, Glenn Powell, wonderful actor. <laughs> yeah, finally hit the big one with Top Gun Maverick, in which he played Hangman. Great sure character, incredible moment for him at the end of the movie. We love Glenn Powell. He was also one of the voices in uh, Richard Linklater's Apollo Ten and a Half this year, and will be the star, as you mentioned previously, of Hitman. Richard Linklater's new. Is this sort of like an action comedy? That's the pitch on it? I think so. Um, and he's also appearing uh, in two weeks in Devotion, another flyboy drama co-starring Jonathan Majors. He was 30. Now he's number 15 on this list. Yeah. Shout out to Glenn Powell. 
This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay, Sean, top three movie snacks of all time, go. Um, all right, let me think. Uh, popcorn? Obviously. Hmm. Ice cream? That's two. Oh, and uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, of course. Peanut butter and chocolate is a pretty perfect combination. Some may even say the ultimate movie snack. You can't argue with that. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring is such a refreshing time of year. Flowers are blooming and you're getting your house in order. But now is also a good time to take a second look at your wireless plan because you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash bigpick. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Number 14. I need more from this guy? Yeah, this is just a, he's sort of, he's just well, he was doing fast. Atlanta. He was doing Atlanta. Lakeith Stanfield, um, who has appeared in some of the best movies of the last 10 years, honestly. If you go down the list, it's like, okay, wow, short-term 12. Sorry to bother you. Get out. Uncut Gems. Knives Out. Judas and the Black Messiah. Wow, that's like a pretty amazing CV. Um, his next movie is Haunted Mansion from Disney. Okay. Is it so? It's like a, they turned the ride into a yeah, movie. They did that actually twenty years ago with Eddie Murphy. Do you remember that? No, it was not good. Mm. That being said, Haunted Mansion is a must go every time I'm in Disneyland. We must do the Haunted Mansion, whether it's the Nightmare Before Christmas updated Halloween version or when they flip it and it's just the traditional Haunted. Man- I fucking love the Haunted Mansion. So one thing I've been thinking about in my own life is um, how to introduce my son to you know. Disneyland or world or whatever, mm-hmm. because I'm not a Disney adult. I just, I, I'm not, but I have fond memories of going to Disney. I went to Disney World as a child. So we we never went to Disney. No. So I've never been with you, but you and your wife are experts. And I have actually thought about like, oh, it, it, you know, I hope that Sean and Eileen will just kind of take Knox under their wing and, you know, yeah, he can have a full to. experience. But then you just got into real, like, spreadsheet <laughs> mean dad, like, get in line at 6 a.m. for the Haunted Mansion. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know whether I want to introduce that level of stress to Knox's, like, Disneyland experience, you know? It's supposed to be a place of wonder. And you really just, that that was a lot. But I do know you have to attack at Disneyland. You do. You know? You do. The truth is, is that I'm not, the uh, authoritarian monster when it comes to Disneyland. It's, it's my wife. Yeah. Eileen is really the one. She is the hardcore Disneylandophile. Um, she'll she'll take Knox under her wing. Okay. She knows how to do it in a way that and is less her. abrasive yeah, than yeah, I yeah. am. Um, Lakeith, you know, obviously, I think genuinely one of the most interesting actors of his generation. Right. Somebody who always makes choices that I never expect. I love watching him in movies. As you said, he they're concluding Atlanta, I think this week. I think this week is the series finale of the show. So hopefully more movies for him in the future. Number 13, speaking of most interesting actors of their generation, the now Oscar-nominated Jesse Plemons, um, who comes leaps up one spot mm-hmm. from 14 to 13. Last we saw him, he was in The Power of the Dog. He All right, his wife. Bronco Henry. That's right. He had not been nominated for an Oscar when we made this list. Mm-hmm. And we also thought Killers of the Flower Moon was coming out we did. this year when we made it. So we're still sort of in a holding pattern plus... 
add the Oscar nom, which somehow only bumps him one spot, but we're just waiting for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, I mean, you know, originally when it was first reported that this movie was being made, it was suggested that Leonardo DiCaprio was the star of that movie, and then sort of halfway through production, there was some sort of, like, press release. It was like, actually, Jesse Plemons is the lead of this film. Um, Love Jesse. think he's a really interesting actor. Number 12, the aforementioned Jennifer Lawrence, who's back in the saddle. Um, I guess I had overlooked Don't Look Up, because she was not Don't Look Up last year. Yeah. Um, Kind of easy to forget. You know, I was on the Blank Check pod, and there was like a side conversation about Don't Look Up, and we were talking about Dr. Strangelove. And we were talking about how, I wanted to ask you about this, because it's, it, it sparked my interest in the movie even more. You know, that final scene of Don't Look Up, I love so much, that it's like very sincere and kind of earnest, and Leonardo DiCaprio gets to really like act in it. And I wonder if the movie was just earnest and not a satire, would it have been more effective? Like, do you think if they had just, if Adam McKay had just said, I'm not doing a joke movie. I'm doing a movie about my anxiety about climate change. Would it have been an effective film? Bobby is nodding his head yes. Yeah, you say yes. I mean, maybe, because my response to it was just kind of, I I don't think satire works in this way Mm -hmm, anymore mm -hmm. because the world itself is satire. Yeah. So maybe, but, you know, then I'm thinking about the Jennifer Lawrence role where she's playing, like, a a punk, like, climate scientist and Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio is playing, like, a nerdy climate scientist. That's and right. that, you can't do that earnestly. I mean, I just can't take that seriously. Part of it, part of the them being in those roles is the joke, the satire of it all. So... Maybe it would have been better, but I don't know if it would have been better with Jennifer Lawrence in that role. That's I think it would have been better, but still maybe not good. Yeah. But I think one of the things that really turned people off from it was that it was so overwrought. And from the very beginning, the conversation around it was just like, this movie was going to change what satire is in the t- like with regards to climate change. And it's just like, okay, all right. I think and that also, yeah, people opted and out quickly. Adam McKay was sort of selling it as an earnest movie. That was the other thing. That he was like, people who don't like this movie don't care about climate change. Yeah, I, I think that the marketing of that was an error. Yeah. I, I, I just think, the conversation that we were having on that show a few months ago was more just that it feels like McKay is in a really earnest place with his feelings about the world and that rather than try to use the tools of the previous work that he had done, like, just lean into, like, pure melodrama. You know, like, we saw pure melodrama last night in the Fablemans, and I was like, I'm glad. It was funny, and there was jokes and stuff, but I was like, he's not shying away from the sentimentality of this story, and there's something very dire about climate change, and I I think I actually would have been fine with it. Anyway, this is a real sidebar. Jennifer Lawrence, um, as we said, very good in Causeway, and her next movie is a more of a commercial play. It's called No Hard Feelings. It's a comedy from Gene Sipnitsky, who's been kind of one of the more well-known, celebrated comedy writers of the last 15 years. Um, the the pitch for the movie is pretty funny. It kind of sounds like an 80s comedy, honestly. Yeah. Um, Lawrence's character answers a Craigslist ad that was placed by a mother for someone to date her son before he enters college. So she's sort of playing like the older woman who is introducing him to the world. Uh, could be good. It could be charming. It has real... It's not the super bad setup, but it has Ish. sort of super badish vibes. It's in it's in the it's, zone. Yeah. Uh, number eleven, Kristen Stewart. I I feel stuck on this right now. Well, she's just not making movies, so we don't know what to do. But she's still Kristen Stewart. She is still Kristen Stewart. She's extraordinarily famous. If she decided to make a big mainstream movie tomorrow, it would be one of the bigger movies of the year, more than likely. The last two films she's made are Spencer, which was not very well received by you or by very many other people, and <laughs> she is downright hilarious in Crimes of the Future, which is one of my favorite movies of the year, a movie you probably won't watch. Um, but she's the 
third or fourth lead in the movie and plays a very unusual character. And Yeah, but that's kind of, that's the... That's where she's at. That's the flex, yeah. right? When yeah. you're such a big movie star that you can just, like, you know, take a year off and show up as the third or fourth lead in a, you know, Cronenberg film and just be hilarious and then move on with your life. You don't, she doesn't have to sweat it anymore. I kind of think you should watch it just for her. Okay. She plays like well, a... I was going to ask you, what is the movie... You get one movie that I'll watch before no, I, the I can't decide movies yet. of the year, and is it, and is it Barbarian? Is it Crimes of the Future? Is it something else? Let me think about that. Is it Men? I know that was last year, but or was it this year? Nobody else liked Men. Like I'm the only person I know that liked Men. That's not surprising. <sighs> God damn it. Um, let me think about it, okay. and I'll get back to you, and All we'll, right. we'll make that part of the conversation of that episode. Number ten, Jonathan Majors. This is uh, this is our fastest riser. Yeah. And this almost feels low. I, I agree with you. Um, but he, he hasn't yet done it. Exactly. That's he has, the thing. He's like it's, right about to do it. Yeah. And you know, we know. Like we know he's going to do it. I, you didn't watch Loki, but there, he's in the final episode of Loki. I know that. And I listened to the watch. Okay, that's right. You do. Uh, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, fuck. Yes. Like yeah. this guy. Thank God they got this guy to do this. Um, obviously, he was wonderful in Last Black, Black Man in San Francisco and in Defy Bloods. He's very good in the heart of they fall, but he's in Creed three as the kind of villain anti-hero counterpoint to uh, Adonis Creed, and he's in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, which kind of kicks off his run as Kang the Conqueror, who's right. a big important figure in the Marvel world. Um, he's just he's, some guys just got it. Yeah, he's just got it. Um, Instant. Yes. Him. Yeah. Um, he's also in Devotion, as I mentioned, which is coming out in a couple of weeks, and is just is one of our most exciting young stars. Can you please add the reams of film of him doing pull-ups in Men's Health magazine <laughs> to his CV? That's the other the thing dude, is that he's fucking jacked. Yeah. He is really, really ripped. Um, and he, I, I would say when I saw The Last Black Man in San Francisco, my f- first takeaway was not like, I wonder if that dude is jacked. Yeah. But he is. <laughs> well, it happens to a lot of them. That's so. because he's also just like w- one of the best actors alive, too. It's true. Maybe my maybe that's what my hobby should be, is just creatine. Yes, I love this cut. for you. I love okay. that. That was actually what, what the next thing that was going to come out of my mouth, but we moved on too quickly. <laughs> Can you imagine Sean super on steroids? I just really don't know if we, if the world needs to see that. We don't need him. We don't need to give him steroids. We could just get, we could just get him on a little, a light regimen. Okay. This is my, my cutting and bulking guru here, Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Uh, okay, number nine. I'm not sure if this person wants to be a movie star because she's, Becoming a writer-director, and she's not starring in her writing and directing debut, right. Pussy Island. But Zoe Kravitz is number nine. Big reason, she was in two big movies this year. One, a kind of streaming hit, Kimmy, directed by Steven Soderbergh, in which she holds the movie completely, a kind of update on the Clute story. And she's Catwoman yeah. in The Batman. And she's a great Catwoman. She's fantastic. Uh, so And she's Zoe Kravitz. And she's, I, yeah, and she's fucking cool. Yeah. So this one's pretty good. She's, I feel like she's been 33 for like 10 years. Does that sound strange? I she looks fantastic. Yeah, so she's beautiful. you know, whatever. Thirty three is looking great on her. Um, number eight. Again, one of those people who I'm like, this is either way too low or way too high, and I can't quite figure it it's out. Kind of the middle ground right now. Uh, Anya Teller Joy is twenty six years old. Last year she was number five on this list. We've right. moved her to number eight. She has appeared in three films since we made the list. The, she was one of the stars of Last Night in Soho. She was one of the stars of The Northman. She's one of the stars of Amsterdam. Now, all three of those movies at the box office kind of underperformed. Um, 
I thought she was very good in all three, especially in Last Night in Soho. She's magnificent, I thought, in that movie. And now she's got a, some big ones coming up. She has the menu mm-hmm. next week. Right. Actually, is it this week? This week, end of this week. Oh. I think it debuts. Either this week or next week, I can't recall. Which I just saw and I really liked. And I thought it was pretty clever. I'm going to see it. Um, and she is truly the star of that movie, along with Ray Fiennes. She plays uh, Princess Peach in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Just does the voice. Yeah. Did you play Super Mario Brothers growing up? Of course, up? yeah. I mean, I had to go to someone else's house. So, you know, oh, yeah, no you video, video games. games but yeah. that was always the one that I requested. I know who Princess Peach is. I, I would say to you, come get your girl on this one. But, you know, that's fine. That movie is going to be huge. I would did not say that it looks good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and she, then she's going to be Furiosa. Sure. The and prequel. then she'll be back in the top five. No problem. Yeah. But it's just kind of a little fallow period. She has one moment in The Northman. Bob, did you see The Northman? Uh, no, I did not. Jesus Christ. You can put that on your list. Of, but if you pick The Northman as the movie I have to watch before the end of the year, I, I have to be honest, I'm not going to. It is The Northman is going to be on your vision board for when we bulk you up, though. That's, yes, yes. <laughs> I will become the bear. Okay. That's what he does in the film. Um, she has a scene in this on a ship that okay. is a top five scene of the year for me. I like both. Where she becomes completely entranced. Very powerful. Anyway, boats are good. Number seven, Emma Stone. My request to Emma Stone is to make a movie. Mm-hmm. Make a movie and put it out. You know what really hurt my feelings was when Emma Stone and her husband, Dave McCrary, sat at City Field during the Mets Padres series because they are Padres fans. They're Padres fans? Yeah. Because she's from San Diego? I can't recall is if she he is or she is. Now? They might both be. But they were wearing these really sick vintage Padres jackets. Did you see that, Bobby? Yeah, that was so fucked up. I felt and like someone I dedicated... From, she's from Arizona. Okay. I'm Googling him. I feel like He's someone I've San dedicated Diego. so much energy and time to, you know, who's given me so much, then just took that is a lot really of it away. Tough. And I'm going to be honest. <laughs> she just betrayed us. I don't know. I do understand when you marry someone who feels passionately about yeah, you do. a sporting team. Listen, I know more about Philadelphia sports than I ever would, but do I wear any Phillies or Eagles paraphernalia myself? No, I don't. Now, there is a suggestion that her presence at that game, which was the same game that Nathan Fielder was at, which is the same game that our buddy Josh Safdie was at, was part of the production of something that they're all working on. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, I don't know if that's true. I have okay. not had that Damn, that's the same game that Bobby Wagner was at, too. Oh. Dark energy in the state. Wags, there. are you in the new Nathan Fielder project? <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say. <laughs> the the mustache indicates yes. No, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna be gonna be playing Baron Harkonnen's other nephew in Dune Two, <laughs> just like the quiet, well read one. But very to the dinner table. <laughs> uh, Emma Stone was the star of the Mets demise, and also um, she's gonna be in two new movies, the Yorgos Lanthimos movies, which I mentioned. Poor Things is the first one, which I think I got in a movie auction for like a buck. Did you? I think so. You got a and then never and then it got but, pushed. Yeah. And then End, is A-N-D, is the other film. She was number six last year. She's number seven this year. Number six this year, who was number seven last year, who? Florence Pugh. Yeah. Miss Flo herself. Uh, Miss Flo has only made one film since then, or has only had one film released since the last list, which is Don't Worry Darling, which we talked about in great detail. <laughs> and um, that positive for her, despite it being yeah. a disastrous No one film. had any bad words to say about her. Not, yeah. not a good movie. She does have a movie coming to Netflix in a few weeks called The Wonder. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll check it out. And she's got a bunch of movies lined up, including Dune Part 2 and Oppenheimer, the new Christopher Nolan film, which features every living actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a movie called A Good Person, which is 
written and directed by her ex-paramour, Zach Braff. Oh, that's... Did they film it before the split up? I, I assume so. Yeah. That would be strange if they made I it after. I don't know. Rising above. Uh, Garden State, in or out? Out. Bobby, Garden State, in or out? Out. I'm in. I, I'm, I'm not going the other way. I know. I'm yeah. zagging. Sure. You were 22 when it was released? That's a really good question. Let's look it's 2004, right. I believe. Uh, I was 22. Yes, that's correct. Um, I can't say that I think a good person will be good, but I like okay. Florence Pugh a lot. I do too. Number five, Tom Holland. Yes. It, we, we dropped him a spot. Is that a mistake? I mean, he. what did he do since the last time? He opened the film Uncharted. Right. Which was absolutely dreadful and was a hit. Okay. So well, that's that's impressive. Now, I, also, Spider-Man No Way Home had not come out, I believe, when, okay. when we did our last list. Well, so I'm looking at number four, and I'm like, these two are paired together, but can we really say that number four is a bigger movie star than number five? I, I think we can. Okay. Because... Are you taunting the audience with this one? No, I'm not taunting them. Okay. I I get the Tom Holland appeal to the the teens and the mm-hmm. I guess the twenty somethings of the mm-hmm. world. Anyone who grew up with him, I think he's very good in Spider Man No Way Home. Yes, and I do understand the Tiger Beat phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't mean to reduce him to that, but I do think a lot of people have grown up with him. I just think that Zendaya at this point between Dune and Dune 2 and she's just been anointed beyond Mm -hmm. Spider-Man while Mm -hmm. still being a central part of Spider-Man and everything he does that's not Spider-Man is garbage until he's in the Fred Astaire biopic. So that's the thing. Yes, but... We don't know. We don't know. But... So it's it's an interesting position, right? They're both 26... They're both participating in the Spider-Man franchise. They're dating? Are they dating? I don't even know if they're dating. It's unclear. And it, I, it I can't really tell. I can't parse the publicity okay. nature of this. But they might be, or they might, I don't know. He has had not great luck with the parts that he's picked. You know, Cherry and Chaos Walking and Uncharted, I would not say, are successful movies. And him doing a Fred Astaire biopic is a really good idea. He's really smart. Um, he's very graceful and winning in the way that Fred Astaire was. That could be a could be a cool movie. Up for us, there led a fascinating life. Zendaya, in addition to the Spider-Man stuff and Dune, as you say, and Dune Part Two forthcoming, is the star of Euphoria season two, which is not a movie, but is a huge TV show, especially among young people. And as we said before, the star of the next Luca Guadagnino movie. So I think she has a strand of fame that is sort of social media influence slash like fashion and culture. Yes, that maybe Tom Holland is missing. Correct. So but, that's the well, case then, for putting he her above has him. Sort of. Yes, and and clearly that speaks to me and what I consume mm-hmm. a little bit more. I mean, she's just like everywhere, sort of in a... Julia Roberts is fresh on the mind because we just did that Hall of Fame, but right. that sort of 90s, just a hand in everything, total fascination with her. Um, so... It's a, it's a kind of a war between them, I would say. Pretty tight battle. Yeah, and I, and I think it's intentional that we've grouped them together yeah. in this list. Uh, let's go to the top three. The top three... Um, it hasn't changed a whole heck of a lot, just a little bit, but somehow, some, somewhat critically. Now, when I first was looking at what your first pass at this list, which I think was very good, by the way. Thank you. Um, I thought Daniel Kaluuya, who's number three, should have possibly been number two. But upon reflection, I don't think that's the case. And there's one reason for that. Now, Daniel Kaluuya, the star of Nope, one of my favorite movies of the year, Extraordinary Judas and the Black Messiah, pretty much a must-see. Like, as Bill Simmons would say, a season ticket holder for all things Kaluuya. Correct. He's, he's sick. He has no movies planned. Yeah. 
That's, I mean, that's the thing. He's got nothing lined up. Don't know what's going on there. Uh, I hope he makes a movie. Same. <laughs> I hope he makes another movie. Same. I don't know what's going on. I mean, uh, you know, people are more than, uh, more than free to take a break and do whatever they want with their lives. But when we're making a silly list like this, we need them to make movies. So I, I couldn't reasonably argue with your positioning here. In fact, you could make the case we're overrating him. Because no, I don't think so. Because I, he won an Oscar for mm-hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah. Nope was it, a relatively... It, yeah, it did well. Yeah, it did well. It wasn't well. a monster, but it did well. Yeah, and I think most people don't feel as enthusiastic about it as you do. Mm-hmm. But he was clearly the draw of it and was one of the only actors opening like a big summer movie this year. That's a very good point. So. Couldn't put him above number two. No. Um, that's Timothy Chalamet. So Timothy Chalamet was in Dune. He was the star of Dune. Yeah. Dune part one. Mm-hmm. Which rocked. And. It's uh, really good. Everybody loved it. Yeah. And even though it opened in theaters alongside HBO Max, I think everybody will happily show up to the theater only for part two. I think Warner Brothers has got a huge part of their 23 slate pegged to this movie. Um, he's also going to be in Bones and All in a few weeks, mm-hmm. which is a cannibal drama co-starring Taylor Russell and Mark Rylance. Cool. I thought he was excellent in this movie. He's wonderful. He's this generation's Leo. That's what it is. And he's also going to be Willy Wonka. Yeah. I, I will see on that one. Bobby, you went on Chalamet as Wonka? I think that's profoundly weird. Like, I, they, I, I'm going to watch was, it, but yeah. what the hell? Like, who, who was sitting in a room and what room and who else was there where they were like, we should probably do this, right? Wasn't there some controversy or discussion about, like, is he an extra sexy Wonka or did they have to take the sex out of the Wonka? Mm. So, like, Willy Wonka who fucks. Yeah, but then I think that some people expressed some concern about, you know, the level Sexualizing of, Wonka? Yeah. And then that mm. became, I don't know. Maybe I just was reading I mean, they're right to parts go, of the internet. They're right to express concern, frankly. Okay. This is like when you guys just didn't think that the genie could have a rewarding sex life. Would you? Would you? I had no say in that. What? No. 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 I. I don't go for weird, as you know. Don't you? No, not that kind of. Not not like costumes. You know. I think I would fuck Wonka. Okay. I love candy. You know. Just think of like a lifetime. Oh, so you're just doing means to an end. Wow, that's really. That's it's, dark. Transactional. That is dark. That that was your like instinctive reaction. Is it, I was is thinking it Gene about Wilder or Chalamet? Or, I, well, or you, I think that you can. Well, I absolutely not. Okay. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm more interested in Wilder. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's number one? Margot Robbie. Yeah, she probably should have been number one last like time. last time or even the first time. I think I made a case for it, but yep. uh, now she's number one, even though her her last film was Amsterdam, which was one of the most baffling uh, experiences of my movie-going life and a total failure. She was good in it. She was fine. I I, 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 I liked her. I always like her, I I always like her, but again, I do not understand what was happening in that film. That's fine. She's going to be in Babylon. She is in Barbie, which Sean has deigned to be excited about. Thank you so much, Sean. (laughs) She's the titular Barbie. Yeah, Yeah. she's Barbie. And she's going to be in Asteroid City, the Wes Anderson film. That's um, as tight a slate as you can have. Yeah. Plus, I like her producing career yep. is legitimately successful. She is 32 years old, which is astonishing just yep. because of everything that she's accomplished. She's I mean, a like, big old honking superstar. Like, she's in, she's Harley Quinn. Is that, is she still Harley Quinn? Did yeah. she have to She was in the James Gunn The Suicide Squad. And honestly, yeah. she was great in it. I know you don't care about those movies, but like she is great in that part. Okay. So, I, 
she's kind of got it all. She, she does. does everything. She does. It's like she just spins a wheel and it's like, all right, here's the next wonderful director I'm going to star in their movie. Yeah, but just, that doesn't always work. I mean, it, and it didn't work, frankly, with Amsterdam. But she consistently has makes good choices. And I think Amanda's point is right on, which is that she controls her fate in a way that some stars are not necessarily as good at. Um, she's very impressive and fun to watch in movies. So kind of a no-brainer number one, honestly. I think I'm excited about Barbie. What what's wrong with you? Just relax. All right. Barbie's gonna be just, dope. Just I'm so in. Barbie's I'm ready to go to the dope. theater. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't say I just, anything like, different. I, I felt I feel pretty good about this list, but I felt like the exercise was just like you abandoning me on a couple of big picture islands that I just I, we had built a space. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you were just like, I'm thinking about that. And I was just like, the decisions were made. You've conflated my passion for Triple Frontier and Six Underground with a passion for Adria Arjona. Well, that's your mistake. Perhaps, possibly. I mean, I don't know. I feel fine about it. Also, once again, we had a whole conversation about this that you just don't remember because don't you don't value the time that we spent together. I just wasn't sleeping a lot. Like, at the end of 21 As into 22, you know? I know. I'm just saying, I can't remember all these conversations. We talk a lot. Okay. Um, this was a lot of talking. Bobby, thank you so much for your work on today's episode and, and for your insights on Kiki Palmer and others here on the show. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to proselytize for Kiki. And thank you for all of your future insight on how to bulk and cut my way to <laughs> Adonis Hood. Um, <laughs> You're entering your Kendall era. We got to get you wow. bulked up before yeah. Barbie. Yeah. I've got it all going, except none of the Ken traits that I need to be Ken. Uh, later this week, we're talking about Black Panther Wakanda forever. You have the hair a little bit. <laughs> but not blonde. Well, we could we could fix that. Dye job? Yeah. What do you think? Platinum? That would be really funny. Should I go platinum blonde for my 41st birthday? For Barbie. Dude, we got to get everybody to the theater. But, he, okay, here's what... I'm, I'm in like the, the Minions yeah. buzz. If I do it, when it grows out, my hair will probably be gray. Like that's something that happens when you dye your hair as an older man and the hair grows in. And Res- then, respectfully, but you're like, I, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I, 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 it I, looks good. It's a dignified salt and pepper or more like pepper and pepper situation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's it's peppery. It's good. And, it's not and you're cons- gray. Right. And well, my, my father yeah. and my uncle, Kevin, were gray by 35. Okay. Ray. You're holding on. And I turned to my wife the other night. It's a true story. And I was like, I just want you to know I crossed 40 and I didn't go full gray. And she looked at me and she said, I'm proud of you. Yeah. It's <laughs> a true story. I, it's, your hair is one of your great powers. Thank you. And I, it looks great, but I just, we should accept reality also. We're on the one yard line of gray. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, ju- we're just, we're trying to punch it in. It's a good gray. I'm reaching for the pylon, yeah. but I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. We're under review. Okay. All right. This has been The Big Picture. Thanks so much to Bobby <laughs> and Amanda. Thank you for listening to this very strange episode. We'll see you later this week with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.